Slide number nine, please. Thank you for, for worshiping so beautifully. The, your hearts are engaged. It sounds beautiful. Um, th- I'd like to do a little bit of summarizing. So this is going to summarize in about a, about a minute, but let me just do a pastoral moment. So blank screen now, please, Sherry. You know, I've, I, you know, I've, I've preached a lot of sermons here. <laughs> and what, what I'm, the, this, this circle of love, I think, is the single most important thing I've ever preached here in 29 years. If you, can, if you and I can embrace the realities that we are in a circle of Trinitarian love, it changes everything. With permission, I had some very difficult pastoral moments this week when people were not certain whether they wanted to continue to live and there were some very difficult situations. And as I was invited in and just was part of the moments, one of the things that just strikes me is that those who believe that God is good and those who believe they're invited into an eternal circle of love can handle incredibly difficult moments in ways that are just beautiful, so beautiful. But I get discouraged when I sense we feel like we have to earn the approval of God. We have to keep the rules. We have to do things the right way. Well, there's a goodness to that, but it just gets off track. If you know you are welcomed and accepted into the circle of Trinitarian love, no matter what we do, it changes life. Can I have the cherry, the one, uh, the slide with uh, uh, something bounce, the bounce one? I can't remember that. I read several books this week to get ready for today. There's, uh, here we go. This, this just really struck me this week. The authors of a book entitled Building Bounce, and what it's about is about people who have resiliency, who can come back from really difficult places. They write, their, and I thought this was just really interesting. They write there are only two lenses by which we can interpret the world around us the world of fear, or the world of love. The lens we use will inform if we're living a story of doom or a story of redemption. And if I was honest, I would say much of our culture is living a story of doom. And what we have the opportunity to do is be a people who live a story of love. But it comes out of knowing where we are located, and how much we're loved. So back to the picture again, real quick. So this is where we've been the last two years, since September of the strategic plans, Jerry, thank you. So I've used this multiple times. The last two years, this is where we have been for, since September of 2019. Around the outside, our strategic plan title is Flourishing in Exile, and what we have tried to be as a community of believers, as a staff, is trying to emphasize four core values. Intimacy which is we are each created for a deep connection with God. And then identity. We know who we are and we know whose we are. And what's interesting for me, if I can just be a little bit off target here, but pastoral again, I, I'm, I'm just struck by how many of us don't know who we are. And so we want to keep speaking truth that we are adopted into the family of God. You are a child of God if you have said yes to Jesus. 
And there is value and worth and goodness and blessing that is yours because you are a child of God. Let me give you an illustration of, of how I think we get off. I'm talking relationship fellowship. Here's the verse, Romans 8. Nothing can ever separate you, me, us, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Life can't, death can't. Angels can't, demons can't. Nothing in all creation. Let me tell you a story. Imagine with me you're back in California 40 years ago. The senior pastor is my father. There were five pastors on the, sitting on the platform back in the day. We all had our robes on. And my father is preaching. And just imagine while he's preaching, I walk up to my dad, and I'm quite bigger than my dad, and I just take him and I just push him out of the way. Just push him down and say, Dad, you're done, you're old, I'm taking over. And here's the question. Has my relationship with my father changed? Yes or no? No. I am Harold's son till I die. What's changed? Fellowship. Our fellowship is broken because I have deeply wounded my father. But I'm still his son. You follow me? No Listen to me, church. No matter how badly we sin, push, push God away. If you have said yes to Jesus, if you have, last week's sermon, if you have crucified the flesh, you will always be a child of God. And what needs to get fixed is fellowship, not relationship. And if you know you are located forever in the circle of love, no matter what happens, nothing can separate us from the love of God. If you believe that, life looks different. So, Intimacy, identity, belonging, belonging for deep connections and purpose. We are sent into a world to be salt and light. We have been trying to be a word and spirit people. We're going to really work hard on that much more specifically in this next year. We'll explain it soon in our ends policy. This is the purpose of Third Church. One more time. Third Church, we're trying to be people who are known for three things. We are people who are sharing the fruit of the Spirit. That's all of us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's who we are. That's what we share. We are people growing in intimacy with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And three, we are people of ever-increasing sacrificial generosity. So that's what we've been trying to focus on for two years, and that's how we've been trying to flourish in exile. Now, can I have slide number... Um, uh, See, five, please. So now I want to talk about this now with you a little bit. Let me just reinforce it. I want you to think about Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, let me, let me one more time blow up some paradigms. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are, don't never have a bad day. They are never crabby. They are never uh, fighting each other. They're never trying to usurp the other. They are filled with joy and love and connection and purpose. There is an incredible... Share, share, let's go. There's a, there's a dynamism of relationship that's off the charts. That is what Father, Son, and Spirit are. One God, three persons. Three persons, one God. That's the Godhead. When you leave this life to the next, you will enter that space forever. 
It is filled beyond expectation with joy and purpose and opportunity and love and acceptance and welcome. It is crazy good. And what I've been trying to indicate to you is it begins the minute we say yes to Jesus. We sacrifice the flesh, the sins, we repent, we turn, and we say, I want a relationship with you, Lord. And then we have entered the circle of love. And if we do that, if we live there, life looks differently. So that's what we're trying to poke at. Now, having said that, I want to take you through a little bit in John 17. Before I do slide four, slide four, one more time. This is the phrase that I use over and over again. Someone I was with this week who experienced a very difficult situation in a family, tra almost tragic, very difficult. This is what we processed together. And this is what I said, starting the funeral sermon for my son. If we cannot see God as good, I will probably struggle to believe that God really loves me. And if I was honest as your pastor, I would say many of us, most of us, struggle with this. That we really believe God is good to us personally. We, we, can, we can say it in the head, but to actually believe it at the core of who we are, because this is life-changing. If I believe God is fundamentally good, then it all changes. So now I want to look with you a little bit about how Father, Son, and Spirit dance with each other. So can you open your Bibles to John 17? In the back, you grab a Bible, if you have an electronic Bible, whatever. And I want to like take you through some passages real quickly. John 17, and this is slide seven, please, Jerry. <clears throat> Let me just, now, what I like to do, I want to just really quickly have you look with me. I just selected a few verses where you see the relationship of God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and us. And I'm just trying to give you, let you see in John 14 through 17, called the high priestly prayer, how God the Father, Son, and Spirit relate to us and we to them. So I'm just going to pick selected verses. Chapter 14, verse 3. <clears throat> so Jesus says, if I go and prepare a place for you, speaking to the disciples, right before he's going to die, I will come back and take you to be where, to be where, I, also, where I also am. Verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Look, he said in verse 3, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back and take you to be with me where I am so that you can be where I am. Picture, Sherry, the blue one. I'm sorry, I'm, i got to slow down. I'm watching the clock, and so I'm really rushing. Where does he want to take us? He wants to take us where he is. He is present on the earth. He is now ascended to heaven. The circle of love is all-encompassing. And Jesus says to the disciples, right before he's going to die, I'm going to take you to be where I am. He says, I, want to, I, I know the way here. I, will just, I want you to think this through humanly. If you're watching The Chosen, you're seeing how the humanity of Jesus. Now think about this. Who's the only person who has been to the heavens, the highest heaven? who has come to earth, who has gone to hell, who has come back to earth and has gone back to heaven. Who's the only one? Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I know where this is. And the crazy thing is somehow we're invited to live in it now, but Jesus says, I want to take you there. 
So this is why I say at almost every funeral I do, I believe this from John 14, long story, Jesus, I believe Jesus Christ somehow comes to a deathbed and takes the person, as it were, by the, quote, spiritual hand and brings that person home. He has prepared a place for us. We are living in the circle of love, and he has a place prepared for us. This is great. So here's the point. You can't escape the circle of love. If you are in a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, because of your acceptance of Christ as Savior, you cannot, you can't. One more time. Nothing will ever who? Yes. Nothing. Nothing. Let me translate nothing. Nothing. <laughs> right? That, that's the crazy thing. This is just. Let's go on. Chapter 14, verse 10. Don't you believe I'm in the Father? The Father's in me. The words I say to you do not speak of my own authority. Listen to this now. Father, if rather, it is the Father living in me who does his work. Believe in me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Verse 20. On the day when the Spirit comes, you will not realize that I am my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Share the picture again. Now let me read verse 20. On that day, the day he's talking about the Spirit coming when Jesus dies, rises, pours out his Spirit. On that day, you will realize that I am my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Does that just blow your mind? This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's what he's saying. Hello? <laughs> yes. I want you to get it here today. You got to get it. Not here, here. Do you understand? Do you understand what is being asked, what is being told to us? You are incredibly, immensely, eternally loved. Jesus says, I'm in the Father. Father's in me and I am in you. Oh, let's go to John 15. Let's make sure you understand this well. John chapter 15. Look at verse 9. John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me. What does that mean? So have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. Hear it again. As God the Father loves God the Son, he loves us. Hello. Is anybody here this morning? God the Father loves God the Son like he loves you. Is that good news or what? This is what I'm telling you. This is so important. If you understand the circle of love, it changes everything. I, I, human analogy. We have four sons, three with us and one with Jesus. There is no way, there is zero possibility, zero, that I would allow any of my sons to die for any one of you. Zero. And Jesus says, as the Father loves me, I love you. So the Father loves Jesus that much 
that he says to his only begotten son, hey, my boy, I want you to go to this tiny little planet on 180 trillion galaxies, and I want you to die for their sins. As the Father loves me, Jesus says, Jesus says, I love you. That is nuts. That's amazing. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Let's go on a little farther. Let's go to chapter 16. 16, verse 12. For 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak, not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. Now I want to look at verses 12 and 13 one more time because I want to talk about grace and truth now. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes to who? His disciples. He will guide you into all truth. So now watch this. Go back to my using Brett Calkey's question to me last week Sunday morning, or two Sundays ago. He said living with grace and truth is really difficult. So watch this. It's real easy to be a truth person. It's real easy to be a grace person. Do whatever you want. But live with grace and truth. Live in that tension of grace and truth. So what does verse 12 and 13 say? The Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will guide you into grace and truth. So how do you live with grace and truth? It's the Holy Spirit. What was last week? All last week. Why did I use seven different references in Galatians 5 to the Holy Spirit? Walk with you, lead you, guide you, keep in step with. So too. Why? Why? It is the Spirit who helps us to live in the tension of grace and truth. He will tell you what to do. Now let's pull it out. So if I'm a grace person, why do I need the Holy Spirit? A truth person. I got, I got all the answers. I, don't, I know what the Bible says. Blah, 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 blah. If I'm a grace person, why need the Holy Spirit? Do whatever you want. You can have sex with whoever you want. You can believe whatever you want. You go ahead. Don't, we're all going to heaven anyhow. Go ahead. But to live in this middle place where we're people who say, we believe in the grace of God expressed in Jesus Christ. And we believe in the truth that he is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. Holy Spirit, help me now as I deal with this question, this question, this question. And so there's this tension that requires the presence of the Spirit. Way back in the day, 40 years ago, I was in a small group with Jack Hayford, famous pastor from Los Angeles. And he said something so interesting, which was then also quoted by Lloyd John Ogilvie in several of his books. Here was the quote. If the Holy Spirit left most Christian churches in the world, no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit withdrew his presence from most Christian people in America today, no one would know the difference. What does he mean? Because so much of our faith is, is fleshly driven, right? I gotta keep the rules, I gotta, no, no. What did Jesus say? My yoke is easy, my burden is light. What is he talking about? He's talking about such a deep abiding relationship with him. He lives his life through us. His power is expressed from us. He gives wisdom when we need it. Grace and truth. We, we, but we, we need the Spirit. So now look at the picture. The Son says he's in the Father. I didn't read chapter 16. At the end, the Son sends the Spirit. We are told to uh, remain in Jesus. Let his word remain in us. So all this is happening as we are part of the circle of love. Let me go one more. Can I take you to... Um, 
uh, chapter 17. 17, verse 11. 17, 11. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. I'm coming to you. Jesus talking to his Father. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, the last song we sang, Jesus, the name Jesus, Yeshua, the one who saves, so that, look at the next phrase now, so that they may be one, read the rest to me, as we are one. Verse 11, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. Here's purpose clause. Why? So that they may be one as we are one. Would you look up at the screen? That's what he's praying for. He is praying that we will be as one as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit are. So let's, let's imagine the day when Jesus returns. And there's a new heaven and a new earth. And we all have resurrection bodies that can do all kinds of amazing things. And everything's been restored. How will we respond, react to every person in the new heaven and new earth? Exactly like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit do right now. With everyone. The best relationship you ever had on earth on steroids times a billion Safe, loving, honored, intimate, gracious, life-giving. You will be that way with every person in the new heaven and new earth. Because as they are, we aspire to be. So while we live on this planet for a short time, we have opportunity to act like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in relationship with each other. We enter through Christ. That brings entree into the, the circle of love. And then we live out of the circle of love. But there's something for us to do in this. And so slide number 10. This, this I thought was really interesting. I went back to all John 13 to 17. I just looked at the verbs. So look at my question. How are to we be in fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one and three, three and one. How? Look at the verbs. We are to ask. I think it's seven times we're told ask. Ask for what? More of the Spirit's presence. Ask for things in his name. Ask. We are to keep his commands. What are his commands? We are to love. Love the Lord your God with heart and soul and mind and strength and neighbor self. Now I'm going to go back. I want to honor Mike Dykstra for this picture. Number eight. So remember what I said to you some, some time ago, and I'm going to come back to this. No, this, this, this is Mike's a beautiful piece. Blink screen now, Sherry. So I've been trying to talk. Love God, love neighbors. I'm talking about right now. So remember we talked about neighbors. So we often can think neighbors is all these people. And I've been trying to suggest, I think we need to be more particular, more focused. So we, I'm suggesting from the teachings of Dallas Willard, where it comes from, we love our first circle, which is those we are related to, connected with, living with. So for Lane and me, it's three sons, three daughters-in-law, six grandchildren, and, and she and I. So that, that's, that's our, that's our those, those are my first neighbors. And just as an aside... Lane and I have now have a little phrase that she uses because she's always a good neighbor. But she can feel, when she feels as though I have many circles of neighbors who are more important than her, 
she would just say to me, all, all she says is with love and kindness, she would just say, I don't feel like I'm your neighbor. Who we are to love first is our first circle. And there might be a few more than the second circle, might be some people at work or teammates or a few, and, but probably, probably, probably we have less than 30 neighbors, probably, at any given time. And except for that inner circle, it probably changes some. Now what happens if every single one of us loves the Lord our God, circle of love, love God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, to will the good of the others, and we love our neighbors, what begins to happen? Now Mike's picture, look at Mike's picture. So let's say the red circle is you, and you love your, your neighbors. Look how the circles go on. There it is. That's a picture of how the gospel is supposed to go. We love the Lord our God, we love our neighbors, and everyone loves, if all of us loved our neighbors, to will the good of those people, what would begin to happen? Now back to the picture, Sherry, and that's the circle of love. I wanna, I'm gonna emphasize this to you. When, one day will come when you will be in perfect, intimate, healthy, secure, safe, life-giving, awesome, adventurous, pick your adjective, relationships with every single person in the new heaven and new earth. Can you imagine that? The, the scriptures say there'll be people from every race, nation, tribe, and tongue. They, let me play with you just a little bit. They're all gonna be speaking their own languages. They're all gonna look like they look on the earth. And we will be, have fellowship somehow with everyone all the time, forever. Doesn't that make you wanna go? And now we get a chance to start living it and sharing it here. In, in our imperfect small ways, we keep trying, we keep trying, we keep trying. So go back to the, the, at the uh, same slide, Sherry. I think it was number nine again. Or uh, 10, 10, please. So we are to obey. Obey what? Obey my commands. Let me quote Jesus. Let me, I'm quoting Jesus. I'm quoting Jesus. If you love me, Jesus said, you will obey my command. My command is this, love one another. To will the good of another. How do we do it? We abide. We abide in him, his words abide in us, and then what happens? We bear fruit. Love and joy and peace and patience. And then what happens? We testify. We testify to what God has done in us and through us and among us. And then we are guided by the Spirit. We listen for the voice of the Lord. We believe in Jesus because he's been sent as the Savior of the world. And then we are sent, we are sent, we are sent, we are sent, and we're invited to be one. And someday, all these things will be our experience all the time. Isn't that just amazing? Isn't that just beautiful? Slide number six. Remember the sentence from earlier this year? As they are, we aspire to be. Meaning what? 
There is joy and love and acceptance and welcome and adventure and submission and all that. And we get to start with our neighbors. Let me push one more time. If, if, if we, we, have to, we have to make this really specific. We have to apply this. So everybody, who, how are you loving your neighbor? Let's start with the first circle. Can I ask all of us, just look at your own heart. Think about your primary relationships. So let me ask a question. Lord, give me, give me an evaluation. How am I loving these specific neighbors? And the word, remember now, the word is, this is not about emotion. Agapao is to will the good of another. So Lord, as you are this way, I want to be this way. Let's just start right there. With your closest people. May I push? Are you creating a circle of love? With your closest people. Which means what? Grace and truth. How does that happen? It is by all the presence workings of the Spirit that he teaches us, he shows us what to do and how to be. And then what happens? We bear much fruit because we're abiding in relationships with him and, and then with each other. And then what happens? As we go, people say, what's it about you? Why are you so different? Why do you care? Why do you smile? I was in a, an eating place recently, and it was really fun to watch. Someone didn't know I was there when I was watching them. I was acting like I was talking to the person next to me, you know, <laughs> I was actually watching. And it was really fun to watch this person from our church family be so gracious and kind to the server. And the server came in kind of brusquely to do the task, but just a few questions, and then I watched the server kept coming back to the table. I thought it was so interesting. And then the person I knew left, and I was standing, I went to the place to pay my bill, and the server said to the manager, you won't believe what just happened to me. I just met someone, and she shared what had happened. And she said, and this just floored me. She said, he seemed like Jesus. Isn't that cool? We are being sent to express the beauty of the circle of love. And as we do, people say, if that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, sign me up. That's what I want. That's what I want. And we want it now. We want it forever. So let me end with, with this, this last um, slide, slide 11. So at the end of the service, I'm going to offer a prayer and a couple of things. Can I worship team? Um, this is the, this is the um, benediction that I've used here for all the time I've been your pastor. And, it, and I use it because it's Trinitarian. So let me just walk you through it. I'm going to go picture, uh, a sentence, back to the picture, Sherry, back and forth. So I'll read it all the way through once and then go back and forth. Here, here it is, 2 Corinthians. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now the picture, Sherry. Let's go back to it. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the goodness, the acceptance, the favor, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next picture again and the love of God the Father.
How much love is that? To sacrifice an only child for us. And the love of God the Father and the fellowship, the word is koinonia, the fellowship, the, the relationship, the, the power of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. So what I'd like to do is at the end, I'd like us all to say this benediction to each other. We're gonna bless each other. In particular, in your mind's eye, would you think about your neighbors? Would you bless your neighbors? So let me offer a prayer. We're gonna sing a Trinitarian song and then we'll do the blessing and end with doxology. Would you pray with me? Could I invite you to just open uh, the hidden places of your heart to the Lord right now? What might the Lord be wanting to share with you at this moment? Would you listen carefully? Listen intently. And if you've heard something, would you, in, your, in the quiet of your heart, would you respond to the Lord? So what do you say back to him? And now would you ask the Lord, which neighbor should I bless in prayer? Would you ask for a name of a person for which you are to pray? And would you pray for that person? Now, may I ask you to pray for yourself. Would you pray that you would be, take one more step in believing just a bit more that God is good and that he loves you? So Lord, hear our prayers. Do more than we ask or think or hope or imagine. And we'll give you the glory and the honor and the praise. For you are King of kings and you're Lord of lords. We pray in your name. Amen.